Welcome to the Art of Unraveling podcast. My name is Erin McGuire, and I'm an empowerment coach and guide here to empower you into feeling completely worthy of a business and life that you love. This podcast is the place to learn how to unravel anything keeping you from that abundant, beautiful life that you so deserve. Nothing is off limits here as we navigate life through psychology, science, and spirit. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to The Art of Unraveling. Today we are talking all things ego. And the ego gets a bad rap. The ego, a lot of people will say, the ego is not your amigo. And a lot of schools of thought are all about killing the ego and that the ego needs to go. And that's just not really logical because the ego is actually our protector. So let's talk a little bit about what the ego is and how it obviously works against us often. So there are, we do want to rise above the ego and work with it and work through it, but we don't necessarily want to kill it off completely. We need an ego. It's, it's your protector. And I think if you can start to shift the way you think about it in that way, you may have an easier time rather than, you know, I know I always used to look at my different patterns and issues that I had and say, oh, well, I thought I've worked on this already. You know, I I feel like I've overcame this and yet here it is again. And then I would get kind of down on myself about that. And again, that's just not realistic. It's not realistic to think you can completely let go of every single bad habit or trigger that you ever have. It's just a matter of how are you working with them in the moment? Are you overreacting to something or are you becoming aware of the pattern? And if you're becoming aware of it, if you're able to observe it, then that means there is something doing the observing, right? If you're able to observe your thoughts, if you're able to observe your feelings, if you're able to observe your actions, then the question becomes, who's doing the observing? And that's what you really want to focus on. And in my opinion, who's doing the observing is your consciousness, your soul, your spirit, whatever word you like to use. And so there's, if that exists, then we have the ability to adjust our behavior and to overcome in some ways, these different parts of our ego and how they get, in a way, controlling of who we are. So let's talk about what the ego is. So the ego is the I, and it's how you see yourself. It's the part of your mind that identifies with traits, beliefs, and habits. And it's it's an unconscious part of your mind. And it comes from, it's developed when you're a child. So it comes to, it it develops as these different protector parts to protect your identity, to protect you from not feeling loved if that happened to you as a child. And and when we're a child, we're actually in an egocentric state. I think I've talked about this in here before, but what does that mean? It means that it's all about me (laughs) when I'm a kid, right? And I'm sure the parents out there can relate to this, but 
on a deeper level, it means that whatever happens to me is because of me, right? So I think I've shared this before. If mom is laughing, you you may, as a child, think, oh, it's because I told a funny joke. I made mom laugh. If simultaneously, if dad always comes home and picks you up and gives you a big hug when he comes home from work, and one day he doesn't, he walks right by you and goes into the other room and you hear him arguing with mom and he slams his fist on the table, you also internalize that and say, oh, I must not have smiled you know, when he came in, I must not have seemed like I wanted his attention or maybe it's because I got a bad grade today, you know? So you make the story about you and really dad just lost his job, for instance, in that example. And so he was, you know, going to talk to mom about that. So everything that happens, and it's it's up till about the age of seven that this works, but we're in this egocentric state. So it's all about me. Whatever happens, it's my fault. It's because of me, both good and bad, right? So in that egocentric state, we begin to develop identities based on the behaviors of those primary caregivers. And I've talked about this a lot in here. So there's many other podcasts on this topic. This is just saying it in a different way. And so the ego gets developed again to protect you. So, you know, if I decided in my childhood mind that dad didn't give me the attention because of a bad grade, then I may go and work really, really hard in school and start achieving and, you know, stressing myself out to get the best grades and kind of develop this, you know, this analytical part and or this achiever part to begin to fix that dynamic, right? So I can do good by dad, right? And what's interesting about, you know, childhood development in our minds is that it doesn't even necessarily have to be something we were told. Like you have to get good grades, right? It might have just been an interpretation on our part. And I find that very interesting. So, so the ego develops to protect you from your reality. It creates an identity for you to cope with any confusion, disconnection, and loss of love that you experienced. And it strengthens an identity to ensure to the best of your ability that you can still receive whatever love is available. So a lot of times, many adults have not yet evolved past this egocentric state. They still believe things are happening to them. If you believe you have no control in your life or that outside events are controlling your life, ego ego work will be particularly beneficial for you. So the ego is the constructed self. It's a very rigid identity. It has to be. It's created a set of beliefs, patterns, and ideas that most people label personality. Your ego is very defensive about that identity. So think about, you know, any argument you've gotten into maybe um, with your loved one, your partner, your spouse, and they got really defensive or you found yourself getting really defensive. It's because your ego was triggered, activated, and you had to defend that part of your personality, like saying, well, I'm a really good guy. I'm a really 
you know, I'm, I, you know, you find yourself defending or protecting certain parts of your personality. It's because that identity is being threatened and anything outside of confirmed thoughts, beliefs, and behaviors will be rejected. We see this a lot in politics, right? My opinion is the only opinion that's right. I'm right. You're wrong. We see it in religion. My beliefs are the only beliefs. Your beliefs are wrong. And conflicting opinions or concepts often bring people to a place of anger because the ego feels the most out of control when it's challenged. It literally feels like an attack on self. And technically it is because the ego creates the illusion that your opinions and beliefs make you who you are. Keyword in there is illusion. This leads to a lot of insecurity and low self-worth. In the fragile state, the ego has to work overtime to defend us. Okay, so the ego overcompensates with the following. Strong emotional reactivity. We kind of talked about that a false confidence or an overcompensation, feeling like you have to overcompensate for all these different things. Black and white or rigid thinking. So again, this is kind of that political conversation, right? My my opinion is right. You're wrong. Depending what side you're on. Rejection of any idea that conflicts with the ego beliefs. Extreme competition, a belief that another person's success hinders their own. Constant comparison to others, judging others, mocking, insulting, and threatening. And analysis paralysis, obsessive thoughts that stop you from completing any action. And the ego is doing that because, again, it's trying to protect you. So we can get, we'll do a little ego work here in just a second. So ego work is about returning to your true nature. So the best way, we're not looking to kill the ego, as I said before, deny its existence. The ego is your protector, and it has been a part of your psyche since you were a small child to help you cope. You want to learn to accept your ego as something separate from yourself. Instead of saying, this is my belief and this is who I am, right? And these really strong statements that we make sometimes, we want to say, see and possibly say, like, hey, I'm. this might not be who I am. This might be something that was constructed because of how I was raised. And I'm willing to see things differently. I'm willing to open up to new possibilities about myself. And that's what's so hard about ego work or when you really start to get on to a deep spiritual path and you're doing shadow work and inner child work and these kinds of deeper things you start to go through what I call and a lot of people call ego deaths. And again, it's not about killing the ego, but it's about these these small deaths that we go through, deaths and rebirths, where a part of our identity feels like it's dying. And it's really painful and it's really scary and it, it feels like death. And it's just a part of you, a part of your identity that you completely identified with for a long time. Like for me, people pleasing. It wasn't, I didn't consciously choose to be a people pleaser, right? That was developed in my childhood out of, as a coping mechanism. But you, when your whole life becomes about other people and doing for them to like feel needed and feel connected and all of those kinds of things, and you stop doing those things, 
those habits, it's going to feel like a death. So there is this natural kind of fear that comes up when we think about ego. The ego is so tightly wound with this identity because it thinks it's keeping you safe. So you want to think of your ego as like this hypervigilant guard that stands out, you know, think of like a big bodyguard, you know, outside of a club. This guard is constantly scanning the environment for someone or something attempting to do harm. Anything that conflicts with the ego's perception of self becomes an enemy. So think about that. That's kind of like that war mentality, right? You're never going to be happy, truly, if you're constantly scanning your environment for enemies. Like that's just exhausting. So you have, you've been over identifying with these traits for so long that your ego's main function is to keep that identity alive. So if you start to kind of see it as this guard, it will help soften it a bit. So by doing ego work, you're giving your guard slash ego a break and allowing for new experiences to come into your awareness. Without a guard, you can decide how you feel, what you think, and how you choose to respond rather than having your ego decide for you. This is going to help increase confidence. Okay, so are you ready for this? So what we again, what we do, this is just a simple exercise. And you're just going to name your ego because we want to separate it from ourself, right? So I named my ego Shasta. <laughs> and you can name it whatever you want. It can be a regular name. I did this recently with a group and they... Some of them were like, I don't know if I should name it like a regular name, you know, that you hear like Jessica or Brittany, but it's okay. You can name it just a regular name. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a negative thing. It's just more or less you're naming it something. So I always say, go with the first thing that pops in your head. So that's number one, name your ego. The number two is my ego is telling me a story that, and you're going to come up with the story that the ego is telling you. So when I did this years ago, um, I had a, you know, I still go through this, but this literally came from when I was in Bali in 2019. I remember where I was when I wrote this and I was having some issues in my business and issues in putting myself out there. This was before I had a podcast and all of that. And so my ego was telling me a story then that I am not good enough. My work is not good enough. Okay, kind of hurtful things. You can add in the question, I'm afraid that if like my ego is telling me a story that doesn't really make sense. And you want to do this around something that's up for you in the moment. So maybe you're having an issue in your relationship or maybe there's an issue in your career or anywhere that feels like you're stuck or that something's off is a good place to do this. And then the last thing is when I release this story, I can make a choice too. And in my example, I said, not procrastinate, stop comparing myself to others and be more authentic and showing up in my truth. So again, this is a way to work with the ego so that it no longer stops you. I mean, it's still going to try, but it's a way to begin working with the ego, understanding its function and separating it from ourself, giving it a name so that it becomes this other part of us. So I hope this was helpful for you. If you want any more assistance with ego work or anything getting you out of being stuck or doing some deeper healing on issues that are coming up for you, I do have some one-on-one 
openings available and my new program, Nervous System Reset, is coming out very soon and it's going to be amazing. So if you want information on either of those things, reach out to me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Pure Light Healing. You can also email me at thesensitiveceo at gmail.com. Thank you so much for being here and I hope to see you again. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. If you would like to connect with me more, you can find my website, my services, and my social media links all in the description of this episode. Remember, you are a beautiful and divine and powerful being, and it's time to own it.